This is a Fubar Radio podcast. Go to foobarradio.com for more details. Back row and chill with Johanna James and Noel Clark on Fubar Radio. Welcome! It's oh, it's very loud. It's very loud. It's Friday. It's back row and chill. Uh, I'm joined today by Amber Doikthorn. Hi. Did I, did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you said it right. I always panic <laughs> about foreign names, but you just got to go for it. Um, right. Welcome, welcome. You're filling in today for Noel Clark, who is still filming his new. His new project, mm-hmm. his new film, 10 by 10. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the first time that I've been co-hosting with a girl. Exciting Ooh, stuff. So many vaginas <laughs> on here right now. It's great. <laughs> um, yeah, girl on girl action today. So we've got a, a good show on the way. Um, we did have a guest uh, planned and last minute they've had a bit of an accident and they can't make it this week. I think they, they literally cracked their head open. Um, so hope you get well soon and we'll have you soon on the show. But we have got loads of other guests coming on. We've got Lucy Patterson on at 5.30 to do our uh, regular film review slot excited every week uh, Amber we we go away and we do a little like like a little film club and we do our mm-hmm. research and we see films and then we come back and review them say if they're shit say if they're not nice um, <laughs> be very honest we like honest reviews and same goes for anyone listening if you want to get involved tweet us at Fubar Radio or email in chill at foobarradio.com if there is a film that you've seen that you're you're raving about or a film that you're like do not go to this do not waste your money it was awful please let us know and we will shout you out of course (laughs) Um, right I've got a lot of um, interviews to play you guys today from the cast of The Return of Xander Cage the new triple X movie triple X 3 good film good film yes so I went to see that the last week and I I got the privilege to interview about seven or eight members of the cast which was an epic day I've never ever (laughs) interviewed that many celebrities in one go it was like (gasps) but um, we did it Um, we got Ruby Rose and the director of the film who was actually awesome he was one of I think my favourite person to interview out of all of them is so on it so um we'll be playing those few later on um so amber if anyone doesn't know who amber doigthorn is you are famo on the internet you could say that yeah i definitely <laughs> could say that you've got i mean not everybody has well, a couple hundred thousand people following them on instagram and whatnot um wh- what is that like um it's really weird like i never know how to describe myself people are like what do you do i'm like i'm a facebook video person yeah like, I don't really know how to describe it it's weird I'm like a YouTuber but I don't really YouTube yeah so I'm like, I'm like a YouTuber but on Facebook basically a Facebooker which is not a well known term people are just like what does that mean like, <laughs> sounds like you're very unemployed I'm just on yeah, Facebook know, all the time. <laughs> but no it's it's legit turning into a job now it's sort of what I do in the week as well as as well as acting and, and radioing and whatever I, I'm, I'm a Facebooker too mm-hmm. so you make comedy content or sort of vlogs and things and put them out on the internet and a lot of people follow them yep and enjoy them which is really fun um another thing that you get to do which is really cool you get to go to loads of premieres it's awesome literally like the biggest perk of the facebook thing is all the premieres the screenings like just the most amazing events that you get to go to and seeing the films before anyone else is sick yeah i kind of it's 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 quite buzzing yeah you get to go and see something (laughs) like oh my god even though for no reason it's you're only seeing it what 24 hours before someone yeah but still it makes a difference like it makes me feel special okay (laughs) i feel very included and you get free popcorn at those screenings literally the free popcorn free cocktails what more can you want i haven't had a free cocktail yet I have. I'm going to the wrong screening. (laughs) Mate. Um, So what's the most recent thing that you've been seeing? What have you been up? Uh, So on Monday, I went to two screenings, one for Lego Batman and one for Sing. Um, So they're both like kind of cartoony films for kids but they're not really for kids you know how there's like lots of innuendos and adult jokes yeah, like yeah, yeah. 
I was laughing my ass off. They were both really, really good. I like them. Which one did you prefer out of single? I'm going to say that I preferred Lego Batman. Okay. Um, just because I'm a massive Lego fan and a massive Batman fan. So if you put them together, I'm just like, oh, fan girl. Lego Batman. Yeah, because I, really I enjoyed the Lego movie, actually. Um, did you see the, the original Lego movie? Yeah, I was like obsessed. Right. You know, there's the song, it's like, everything, everything is awesome. awesome. That's what, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stuck in my head for like months oh after. <laughs> now it's going to get stuck in my head now. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> I enjoyed the, the original Lego movie. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm open-minded, but not that excited about Lego Batman. So I'll have to maybe give it a go if I'm in the right mood. But I did really want to see Sing. Yeah. That's the animation about the gorilla um, who, it's like a, it sounds like an X Factor parody, yeah. isn't it? Maybe. Yeah. Get all the animals to go on this like X Factor. Yeah, it's kind of like a talent competition. It's basically like a show in a theatre full of these different animals compete and sing, but you've got the funniest character. So you've got the gorilla who's in this family and they're all like gangsters. And then he's like singing like Bruno Mars and getting really like soulful and playing the piano. And you're just like, what? He is played by the lovely Taron. E- Taron Egerton or Taron Egerton I don't know which mm-hmm. way around to say it I'm just <laughs> going to say both but he's this gorgeous Welsh actor who played Eddie the Eagle yeah. earlier this year and he also played um, the, the main guy from Kingsman and he's yeah, 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 yeah. too. And I, he was one of the first um, celebrities that I ever got to interview. And oh my gosh, I fancied him so much. <laughs> and like, the it was it was really the sparks were flying between us. <laughs> and he asked for my number, and I didn't give it to him in the moment. And I'm really regretting that. And I tried to tweet him after. Should like, get him back on the show, just an excuse to like slide your number over. You know, I have a boyfriend now. Sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, girl. joking, joking. Um, yeah, but no, I missed my chance with Taron. It could one of those. He was a um, you know a what if, yeah, a, a never, t- never to be. <laughs> but um, no, God, he was he was really good. So I really, but he's an amazing actor as well. Because I saw him in Eddie the Eagle, and then I watched Kingsman, and one in Eddie the Eagle, he put on a lot of weight to play this like cute chubby mm-hmm. guy. And I, I fancied him already in that. And then I saw him in Kingsman where he was buffed up and was like, oh my goodness. I saw it the other way around. And I was like, wow, you've let yourself go. But I mean, I still would. Like, he's still a sexy <laughs> man. Still would. Definitely. On the skis, like those glasses, those big glasses. <laughs> so Eddie the Eagle was one of my favourite films of last year. I think one of my top would be Eddie the Eagle or um, Deadpool was like kind of my Ooh, top. Love Deadpool. Top 2016. I just sucked. I enjoyed both of them in the cinema so much, so that would be my top. Um, right, let's have a little bit of entertainment news. <laughs> like, have really extra fanfare going on. <laughs> right, oh, it's playing again. Why is it going on around? Okay, we'll just go for a two fanfares there. <laughs> oh, we're stuck on the fanfare, for goodness sake. Okay, stop. It's like triple the excitement. <laughs> triple. I've really bigged it up now, and this news isn't that great. Uh, it's January, everything's a little bit low, like, down on the... Uh, everyone's just a bit bleh, mm-hmm. uh, right so the biggest thing that's come out uh, this week on the internet is uh, there's a film called A Dog's Purpose have you heard about it? no um, it's got Josh Gad who is he plays uh, LeFou in the new Beauty and the Beast he also oh, okay. he, he played uh, Olaf in Frozen so he's nice. like one of the big animation voices uh, king of animation and he is vo- voicing a dog um, in this film called A Dog's Purpose but it's a real life uh, it's not an animation dog it's a real life dog oh wow you know so like back in the day it's very 90s uh, where they would put real um, real animals in and then you can sort of I think they animate the voice the, yeah, the mouse yeah. so that it goes like <laughs> blah, blah, blah. anyway um, so it's about to come out this new movie called A Dog's Purpose and leaked footage um, from behind the scenes on set from like last year 
um, there's a footage of them trying to force the German Shepherd actor dog Mm -hmm. (laughs) into this sort of uh, choppy water and the dog is absolutely terrified and they're pushing him in and he doesn't want to and then they finally get him into the water and because they've they've got all these motor currents trying to make the water look really choppy and dangerous the dog um, is clearly struggling and goes under and is really really distressed and then everyone's calling cut 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 anyway so someone has leaked this footage just weeks before the opening of the film that's not good Oh, well, they're super, super in trouble because obviously in Hollywood they have to stick to uh, like health and safety and animal, animal cruelty. Yeah, yeah because <laughs> um, to be able to say no animals were harmed at the end of this uh, film, you have to actually pass the super strict guidelines. And anyway, so the, the the officer who was in charge of doing that on the day obviously really, really, really failed, and he's been now uh, sacked. And there's going to be this huge investigation. But meanwhile, oh my gosh, like the PR for that com- that for that movie is just nosedived <laughs> because there, nobody wants to watch the film because they made it in a horrible horrible cruel way so I don't know who it was who leaked that out I mean high five to you because I don't agree with animal cruelty I was going to say it I'm not sure I want to watch it anymore after hearing that (laughs) but it was just crazy because then I read a little article on about how I mean Hollywood has come a long way so because in the 1959 with that big epic Ben-Hur literally so many horses were killed in the making of that movie and I think Mm -hmm. it was after that was like a real pinpoint in time when people went whoa okay we should not maybe not kill animals for entertainment not the best thing to do um so yeah so a dog's purpose is sort of everything that's flying around the internet right now um oh talking to deadpool Mm -hmm. uh casting is happening right now for deadpool 2 and what's funny is that uh, Deadpool has got quite a unique story in the fact that it was so hard to get funded. Um, it's been it had been in the pipeline for years to be made, and uh, production companies weren't having it. They didn't. They weren't interested in it. And then they leaked a bit of tester footage um, of of. Uh, Ryan Reynolds and, and everything in the suit and, and literally the internet went crazy for it and so it literally got so much f- a fan base before it was even yeah, made I remember that. <laughs> so eventually it was made but on a very 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 low budget and so I love Deadpool for being the complete underdog of all like the Marvel superhero yeah. movies um, and then now obviously it was such a huge hit everyone's trying to clamber in so they're doing uh, casting and the role of Cable who I wasn't actually sure I'm not really down on my comics so I don't know who <laughs> that was but apparently everybody and their dog is trying to audition for yeah. this new like baddie mm-hmm. in the new Deadpool movie um, and we don't know who it is yet don't know who it is but whoever it is I mean there's probably a lot of blowjobs going on right now in Hollywood <laughs> trying to get that role uh, <laughs> from everyone um, yeah um, oh you know the Lego movie yeah I think we're talking about there's going to be an emoji movie yeah I saw that not keen I didn't I didn't even I got an emoji movie come I mean, on like, I like using it on my phones but at the end of the day I'm like have I used too many emojis today probably let's have a day off like don't think I need to, a film about that I mean that. sometimes I can just talk in emojis Me like too. you can do have, you can have a proper conversation exactly like symbols. I regularly do this thing with my friends and they're like okay give me a song and I'll give them a song in emojis and they have to guess what it is and that's like the peak of my day oh Mate, it's great. Like that, I just, I just normally. I mean, there's a, also there's a couple of emojis that you just you overuse. You know, one hundred percent. It's like the monkey emoji. The literally just like, oh. the monkey emoji with the <laughs> eyes over. Yeah, I just use it too many times. But a whole movie. I mean, there are got to be. It's kind of a bit of a. It's a bit of a slap in the face to all these artists who are making these amazing stories and all this like trying to get, trying to get funding for these amazing movies that mean <laughs> something to everyone. And then there's like the emoji movie. I yeah. heard it and I was like, oh, this is really funny. It's a really good joke. And then I realised it wasn't a joke. I'm like, wow, that's what 2017 is going to be like. They're really Great. serious about it. <laughs> and apparently, Sir Patrick Stewart, who plays uh, um, Xavier in yeah, X Men, he's not in it. He's playing. No, Guess which me. emoji he's playing. I want to say eggplant, but that doesn't work. The monkey with the hands? No, he's playing the poop emoji. 
Oh. I mean, come on, Sir Patrick Stewart playing the poop emoji wow. in the Emoji Movie. Oh, That's a, a bit of a dumb. <laughs> come on, come on. Um, and um, Goosebumps. I was a massive fan of Goosebumps as a kid. Same. Uh, I used to read the books and, and sneakily watch the TV show because my mum didn't let me, but I used to like sneakily watch it and scare <laughs> On myself. The deal. And then I couldn't tell her why I was having nightmares because she didn't know I was watching it. Uh, but. <laughs> Jack Black made uh, he made a Goosebumps remake which I didn't actually get to see I kind of wanted to see it because I'm a fan of Jack Black and a semi-fan of Goosebumps mm. nostalgically but I didn't get to see it but apparently um, it's been given a massive green light for a number two and it's coming out next year January 2017 18 18 2018 where are we where are we <laughs> and I read that and I was like next year 2018 I went no and I was like yep Come I'm on. still stuck in 2013, not going to lie. I know. <laughs> I'm just way back in the past. I've been trying to do my tax recently and I'm finding all my like tax receipts and I'm like, yeah, that one for 2014. No, not relevant. <laughs> not relevant. Um, okay, and finally, final bit of entertainment news. The new trailer, well, another new trailer uh, for the new Power Rangers movie has I am come out. Super excited, and I'm weirdly excited about this because I was a fan of this, like the original little shitty series. Yeah, um, I mean, I say shitty, it was brilliant, but really low, 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 low budget. <laughs> and someone said, "Right, let's remake this. Let's make it really urban and cool, um, and let's just shove so much money in it." And I've seen the trailer, and it looks quite good. So. It looks insane. I like the artwork. I saw something on Instagram today, and it was literally like the individual character artwork. Oh. And Someone's realised it looks the exact same as Drake's latest cover artwork. Oh, really? Yeah, they're copying Drake, man. Or maybe Drake is designing the Power Rangers. You know, I haven't thought that. That would be so sick. Maybe that was. Drake behind the film. That'd and then awesome. he's going to come out and like, I designed the whole thing. Dudes. Well, one thing that I was like, I'm not sure on, um, was um, you actually finally in this trailer got to see the actual Power Ranger suits. And they've gone for the whole muted design. So there is a red Power Ranger mm-hmm. and a green and a pink, but they're like very subtle. It's like it's like a very subtle pink, a very subtle red. And I'm like, come on, if you're going to be a Power Ranger, <laughs> you got to wear yeah, you know, like the brightest thing. You like have the to be suit. <laughs> top to toast yellow spandex. Right? <laughs> which which Power Ranger were you? Which one did you? Oh, want I was to be? always the red one. Always the, the red one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to be yellow or red. I had no interest in being pink. Oh no, the other ones didn't even exist. There was only red. <laughs> Do you want to be the red one? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I want to be red, red or yellow. I think were my favourites. Didn't like all the. Um, no, no, that was it. I didn't want. Yeah, no, literally just red. And yeah, and the other day, like, my boyfriend was like, "No, you have to be the pink one." I was like, "Why?" Just because you're I a woman. You be the pink oh. one. You be the pink one then, dick. <laughs> right. So, well, that's the end of my entertainment news. We'll pop to a little song. So. Last week I tried to end the show with a remix from the new Triple X movie and we ended up playing the wrong the wrong remix. So um, I found <laughs> I found the right remix and this is All the Way Up by Fat Joe, Remy Ma and David Guetta. It's All the Way Up. So um, we're gonna we're gonna enjoy this and we'll be back. You're on back row and chill with Johanna James and Amber. me trying to like smoothly transition back into talking <laughs> um you're listening to background chill with johanna james and amber doig thorne today um right we just had entertainment news um got a little bit more a smidge of entertainment news more well not entertainment more more actual news if you're a cinema lover and you're in london um do you like curse have you ever been to a curse on cinema i have yeah I, I normally go to the shaftesbury avenue one or it's where a lot of people go for meetings and if you're in the whole film industry you'll have a meeting and a yeah. coffee and you'll see someone there talking if you sit just sit down in the in the in like the cafe area you'll listen to all these weird conversations around you being like no we need to end the script with her dying and you're like <laughs> okay fine such a film world but the Curzon cinemas are opening a brand new cinema in their chain which is going to be in 
Oldgate. So near the sort of Shoreditchy, well, of course they are, you know, it's very hipster. I was going to say, I'm surprised they don't have one there already. <laughs> hipster trendy. Um, and it's going to be opening on the 20th, which is, what's that? That's Sunday, right? I don't even know what day we are on today. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, pretty so sure that's Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the Curse on Aldgate. They're doing a fun promotion over the weekend at the opening. They're calling it the Wild Goss Chase because they have printed 30 mini Ryan Goslings on a 3D printer. <laughs> From, nice. from his pose in the La La Land poster. And they're going to be hiding them all over the cinema over the opening weekend, which is January the 20th to the 22nd, for a wild goss chase. And um, they're each going to have... A, each little goss has got a coloured base that corresponds to a prize. And the top prize being a Curzon Cult membership, which is worth like 350 quid. So it's, it's all free tickets for a whole year of cinema, which is just crazy. Um, and yeah... So there's also going to be um, DJ sets and stuff from Cherry Stones and Johnny Trunk, along with cocktails in the bar. So nice. um, probably go and check out the website for the Curzon and, and go down and, and you know grab yourself a little mini Ryan Gosling. For if anything else, I'd just like a little mini Ryan Gosling in my room. Even without the prize, I'd quite happily take some. I just, <laughs> who doesn't love Ryan Gosling? Um, you know what? I, I fell in love with Ryan Gosling within, when he played Noah. Well, yeah. actually, I didn't fall in love with Ryan Gosling. I realised, it's taken me a while to realise, I fell in love with Noah, like the character. Because yeah. I've seen Ryan Gosling in other in other films and I haven't really felt anything. So I realised it, it was the character that... I just fell in love with Noah and I <laughs> got a bit obsessed with finding a Noah. Um, and then I'd managed to get over that. And then I went and saw La La Land and I saw his Sebastian. And I was like, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Falling in love all over it, again. Well, it's Ryan Gosling like dancing and playing the piano and he's got this really nice voice and... Oh, these little like puppy eyes and oh, mate, mate. I think anyone, if you're a musician, if you can like play the piano or play the guitar, mm-hmm. that's like your one step in. Already. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's like a cheat code. For and then most if you girls. look like him, I mean, you're sort. If you look like him, you play the and then you start dancing. And dancing's my third cheat code. Like if you dance with me, <laughs> you kind of I fall in love really. So um, I was like in the cinema, like damn it, <laughs> did it again. I've been mean, Ryan. God damn it, Ryan. <laughs> God damn it, Ryan. Um, but I really no, I I enjoyed his performance in. Everyone's talking about Emma Stone in her performance, which was amazing if you haven't seen La La Land. But um, I've got to say, Ryan, was he's an equal partner in that film mm-hmm. and everyone's applauding Emma. But I think Ryan was really good too. Um, have you seen it yet? I haven't, I haven't had the chance yet, but I want no. to. They've just won like two Golden Globes. Yeah, and, and it's up for like all the Oscars and everything. And <gasps> It looks insane. I've watched the trailer like 500 times. I need to go and see it's it. It's very... Um, <laughs> It wasn't actually what the film that I thought I was going to go and see. I won't t- say too much because I'm going to review it later on the show with Lucy Patterson. But um, it, it's weird when someone has all this like buzz around a film, like you have to go and see it. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> I kind of went in and I was a little bit disappointed because it wasn't it wasn't the film that I was picturing. But it never lives up to the hype if people have me at that exactly. Much. So I'll explain a little bit later. But um, I still think it's worth a it's worth a go. But it wasn't. It was, I don't think it's worth all the hullabaloo that's mm-hmm. going around at the moment. <laughs> um, but I did enjoy the music, so I thought I'd play a little. Song, well, one of my favourite songs from La La Land because it does feature John Legend. He plays a character in the movie, oh. um, and then he also sings and, and and stuff. And so I thought I'd play one of my favourite songs, John Legend from La La Land. It's called Start a Fire, um, and uh, yeah, I'll just play it, and you guys can see see if you like it or not. Love a bit of piano playing. Love a bit of piano playing there. Um, right, so yeah, that was from, from La La Land, John Legend. Um, and you just 
told me the most amazing little bit of uh, <laughs> a bit of behind the scenes info about La La Land. Yeah. And so what was it? Just to repeat what you just said. So obviously in La La Land, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling play the two leads. Mm-hmm. And in Beauty and the Beast, obviously Emma Watson is playing the lead. Yeah. However, Emma Watson was actually meant to be playing the role that Emma Stone is, but she turned it down. And Ryan Gosling was up for playing the Beast, but he turned it down. So oh. the cast could have been like the complete opposite way around. Oh my goodness. Which would just like, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Yeah, so if it was Emma, ooh, I think, well, see, the thing, I love Emma Stone. I've always loved her work. Yeah. She, she's a, an amazing comedian, a really good actress, and she's just really weird and cool, and I like her. So I'm, I'm a fan of her, and I'll happily, I'll, I'll applaud all of her work. Yeah. <laughs> but Emma Watson kind of bugs me. I can't see her with Ryan Gosling. That just doesn't work for me. No. Like Emma Stone and Ryan, the, like the perfect couple. Oh, yeah, yeah. They've got really good chemistry. But I see what, I know what you mean about Emma Watson. But Emma Watson just kind of bugs me. I really liked her as Hermione, but um, she just bugs me in any other role. I really. feel like that's because she is Hermione. Yeah, maybe because she is Hermione <laughs> and not really like an actress. But uh, maybe I'm just jealous. A little jealous green monster here. Being every role she gets, I'm like, could have been me. Um, but no, no. <laughs> so, sorry, Emma, if you're listening um oh they're both called emma well that's weird huh emma emma well emma stone actually isn't called emma stone she had to change it to emma stone because she was emily stone before but there was already an emily stone actress i don't see her as an emily she suits emma better i know but that's not her real name she's also not a real ginger she's blonde she's blonde so she's just there's all sorts of falsities going on maybe you've got false teeth too we don't know false everything (laughs) probably in Hollywood everyone's got fake boobs and fake lips and (laughs) fake everything haven't they so we don't know Um, but no okay right and oh are you excited about the Beauty and the Beast film I'm really excited because that's my I'm really excited it's one of my favourite 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 Disney so I'm kind of going in there with like this horrible like don't ruin my favourite childhood film I'm so scared they're going to ruin it just because I literally grew up with the film and it was one of my favourites but I've seen the trailer. It looks good. It's I've heard some of the good. audio. Like, I mean, high expectations. Emma Watson apparently she had kicked up a big feminist fuss and she refused to wear corsets. I read that, and I was a bit <laughs> like, "Come on, Emma! Like, it's in. You're playing bloody Belle. <laughs> Just wear the freaking corset, you know? It's, it's like, like Cinderella. Do you remember the tiny corset that yeah. she had to wear? But it looked insane. It's like a historical movie with historical clothes. Just wear the freaking. You know, I wouldn't. Imagine her being in another film and being like, now I'm going to wear trousers. Like, no, <laughs> women didn't wear trousers then. Stop it. I feel like we should have directed the film. I think, I know, it would have been great. We should have been in the film. Um, and who is it that I found that is playing Lumiere? Ewan McGregor. Is playing, I can see that. He's playing Lumiere. The, I, could, I could definitely French, see that. <laughs> I mean, a bit annoying they didn't get a real French guy. I, I always feel that, like, if you can, always cast within reality. So if there is a... Yeah. If, if someone, if there's a French character, get a real French person rather than someone trying to put on a French accent. If there's a real, I feel like they don't do that anymore. Like, did you hear all of the drama around, you know, Ghost in the Shell with Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, exactly. I'm didn't, like, didn't get don't an Asian cast, girl, like a white person for an Asian role, and everyone was really annoyed. And I'm like, you know, I agree with them. That'd be so weird. That ha- doesn't like, make sense. I read that as well when I was like whizzing through the internet, and I, I read this week they've opened a play um, in London, and it's based. Um, it, it's an old fable which is based in China so everyone's the characters names are called like Mrs. Wang and mm-hmm. director Wang and stuff and um, they've cast an entirely white cast that just makes no sense to me and then well the, the reason being what the director said or the 
what the the theatre company is saying is that is that it's just a, a fable and they it's it's not literally set in China. They're just they're just telling the story of the fable. I'm like, no, no, no. Just be honest. Be honest. You just wanted white actors and you you didn't want to get an Asian cast because you didn't think an Asian cast was going to bring in the money. Yeah. Let's be real. Um, so it was a bit like. Oh, it just it bugs me. It bugs me. Get real. Get real. Same. French people to play Lumiere. That's it. That's my rant over. <laughs> I've had my little film rant. Um, okay, we're going to come up soon and have our first guest. We've got Peter Stone. Um, he's from the Doppelgang. Um, he's going to be telling us all about his new show at the Tristan Bates Theatre in London. So we're going to pop to a song, um, and then we're going to get in the studio. And we're going to have some fun. We're also going to be going Facebook Live. So if you want to see what we're doing today, and we're going to be playing some fun and games. And we're trying something new today we've got a prop box um, and we're going to be getting some funny wigs and stuff out so go on to Johanna James Facebook page probably in the next 20 minutes or so and we're going to be going live so you guys can leave us a comment and we'll say hello right I'm going to pop to another song this is by System of a Down it's Lonely Day Um, it's from the film Disturbia have you seen that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, with uh, Shia Shia LaBeouf is it Shia or Shia? I say Shia I kind of go to Shia. Shia. Shia LaBeoufing is what I call him because I've oh, really fancied him. Before we went properly mental, I really He's fancied him. He's a bit crazy him. now. Um, but weirdly, this um, that film was directed by the same director as Triple X. Really? The one we to just, be fair, I love both films. So. The one we just saw. So amazing. But anyway, this is, uh, this is Lonely Day. We'll be back. It's back around Jill. James and Noel Clark on Fubar Radio. Boom, we are back, back row and chill. We've got our first guest in the studio. Welcome, welcome very much. Um, Peter Stone, you've Hello. come in, a thespian, yes. um, to talk about your new show, The Doppelgang. So, um, what is it? What's it about? And what's yeah. going on? There's a, lot, there's a lot to explain about it, I suppose, but I'll do it quickly, I'll do it quickly. Okay. Um, so, it's set in the Second World War, mm-hmm. uh, in a theatre during the height of the Blitz. Um, it's got three performers um, that aren't very good at the time. Okay. Um, we're good, we're good. Um, but and you're playing not good. We're playing not layered, good. Oh, 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 so many layers. <laughs> so, it's like a trifle. Um, and then, we've got a theatre manager whose uh, theatre isn't doing too well because it's the end of the vaudeville sort of mm-hmm. uh, period and uh, we basically we, we go through these ideas um, series of events and we stumble across these unproduced Marx Brothers scripts oh. and we stupidly decide to impersonate them and it's the second act really focuses around whether or not that works for them or not and there's some other um, stories about the characters along the way and, mm, and who what, do you play? I play a guy called Tommy Doppler whether or not that's his real name, you find out in the play. Okay. A bit more of a story there. But I also play Harpo Marx. And so it's going to be playing in London. I've got the, the Tristan Bates Theatre. Yes. Um, in Tower Street in London. Mm-hmm. Um, and you haven't started yet. No, you no, have we started. have, yes. You have, you have. I've got my dates wrong. See, I'm, okay. I'm still in last it's next fine. year. It's fine. <laughs> so you started this week, but you go on until the 11th of February. So yeah. you've got quite a, lot, quite a run. Yeah, we've got a four-week run there. Nice. Uh, that's every, good for London. It's, it's nice, yeah. It's, it's nice because we toured it a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, this time around, we sort of just we built the set for the space. And we're quite ambitious as well. We we do everything ourselves. It's crazy. Oh, no. And how um, did you? Who wrote it? Uh, so it's a guy called Dominic Hedges, who uh-huh. we knew um, when because he, he initially trained as an actor uh, at the University of Central Lancashire, and he was in the year above us. But then he went and did a MA at Goldsmiths. Nice. And uh, we sort of contacted him and we said, look, you know, we've got this idea. Um, we can't do it. Please, can you make it happen? And he's made it happen. It's brilliant. 
So, Amazing. Yeah. And so you said you've toured. So did you play the same character as you did on the tour? I or did. Or did you swap around? No, no. We, yeah, because we um, the the initial idea came from myself and Jake Curry when we were at university together, and we did a module about classical comedy, and we did these Marx Brothers scenes from the Duck Soup, and uh, we sort of have never forgot how much we really enjoyed doing that mm-hmm. um, and he played Chico Marx in that I played Harpo Marx it's just because I don't like learning lines you know he's the mute so it's easy for me oh <laughs> you can express with your eyes yes <laughs> um, that's amazing and so how long do you did you because you've done it before how long was your rehearsal process to get like sharpened back up again well a lot of it got re- rewritten and reworked and a brand new set and there's quite a lot of scene changes that we do and we, mm-hmm. we like to make that part of the action so we had a, a, I suppose it's a bit of a luxury, a three-week rehearsal period again. Um, for the tour, we had four weeks, and then for this, we've had three weeks just to sort of get it back to where it needs to be again. And um, just about yourself, mm-hmm. um, where did you sort of train, and why did you become an actor? And- um, I, I, we talked about this when we were doing rehearsals, um, and I, I became an actor because I played a female cow when I was younger in the nativity um, I had a great song it was like I've got big brown thighs and lovely eyes I was in year six and I was singing this song and I look back at it I'm like how did I get away with that um, and it's it's madness so that's why I became an actor because I loved performing that um, I'm, I'm saying this on radio. What am I doing? Oh, do you know what? That's going to be stuck in my head now. I'm going to be like a little bit drunk later on. Being, I've got blah blah. It'll be number one next week. Um, Great. Yeah, um, I, we we all trained. The whole cast trained at the University of Central Lancashire um, in Preston on the acting course there. And the course leader actually directed this play. Um, so mm. yeah. Oh, I do love like the Blitz era. Mm. Really fascinates me. Um, and and actually, weirdly, um, yesterday, like London came to a standstill. Yes. Uh, because they found a World War Two bomb. Yeah. In Embankment, which mm-hmm. is literally where I I just I just moved from there. I lived on the street opposite Embankment Station, and I went past Embankment every single day there and back. So I was just like, <laughs> all of the last year, I've been next to this huge bomb, and like had no idea. Uh, well, no one's known for seventy years. Exactly. Yeah. That yeah. it's been there. Yeah, That's cr- and I was thinking, I was talking to my friend, who's a sort of policeman. I thought you know a little bit more about it than me, like bombs. And I said, you know, how long can these things last? Like, is there like a safe period where after like a hundred years, we're kind of they're never going to explode? And, yeah. he, and he was like, no, that's the thing about bombs. There isn't really a sell-by date. What? They can just sit there. That's terrifying. Um, <laughs> so he was like, in theory, that you know, in it could theory, any day. they can go off whenever. Oh so God. I was just like, oh. Good job that you moved. We, we didn't. We didn't know about it. And in our in the play, there's bombs going off. Oh. I mean, so people must have been panicking, you know, outside. Yeah. Like, what's going in there? <laughs> is it real? Um, is it gone? <laughs> the, the, like the, the shudder of the blitz. Yes. Um, but no, I did that. I find that whole era just like really fascinating mm. and, and anything about like movies and whatnot. And they, there's um, a party company who do sort of blitz parties in London oh, right, and yeah. they find underground bunker spaces and, oh. and then um, it's a strict, strict get, like, dress code um, and it is um, really um, it's almost like a piece of immersive theatre but you mm. get to do it because you're, you're partying and they have like a mess hall for the soldiers and stuff I'm like oh sounds amazing <laughs> hello <laughs> <laughs> let's go um, this is cool so uh, have you done anything before in London or is this your first time on the stage in London no yeah we, we have where the company because it's our theatre company uh, we did um, a speculative piece about the life of Noel Coward we did that at the White Bear Theatre mm-hmm. uh, we did that I think three years ago now. Okay, um, so you happened out. Yeah, and that was a three-week run, um, and we thought, you know, let's let's do another week, an extra one for this one. So um, yeah, and we wanted to get more central as well because it's 
it's right in the heart of the West End, really, where that's, it is at the moment. Yeah, so it's brilliant. Crazy cool. And so you're from up north, we ordinarily. Are. And do you get a lot of acting work up north, or do you find you, you're, you're gravitating towards London? It's a mix, um, because obviously you've got things like Media City that have moved. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, you've, you've got that. So there's, um, I've got a lot of friends that sort of find work there now as mm. well. But it depends what type of work, really. You sort of have to move around quite a lot, don't you? Um, yeah. So, but yeah, there's there's still loads in London that you have to and come down for. Are you a theatre actor, uh, or have you done film and whatnot as well? Haven't done much film. I'm more theatre based. Yeah, um, just because we we create our own work basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's instead of waiting for the phone to ring we, we're the ones ringing it instead you know well so. that's what um, ringing yourself yes. <laughs> hello I'd love to play that part yes you've got it good I've nailed that audition Progret. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well that's kind of what happened with me because I was uh, um, I didn't do much theatre I did film mm. and there were such huge gaps in between yeah. uh, jobs I was like getting so bored creatively I was like I need to do something so then I started just like filming myself and making, yeah. writing my own sort of little quick stories and sketches and then mm. popping them online and that's how it really started started rolling and then now that's sort of more I'm doing that more yeah, than exactly. doing anything else just yeah. doing like online comedy um, so yeah I think it's really I really like power to the people who decide to sort of sit, sit there make it being happen like, oh it's really yeah. slow this year <laughs> it's like, well you can you know put on your own play or you yeah, can put exactly. I did try to put on a play but I just was I didn't even know where to start and, no. it was, and, and it's quite hard you have to start with a bit of funding it's just yes. so hard to get yeah. in the door of well that's it we, we work with the Arts Council um, so, they, oh. so we get um, funding from them um, project dependent and uh, yes, yeah, so they've they funded this because they funded the tour, they funded the research and development of it, and they funded this bit of oh, it as well. So it's it's done. So investors, funding <laughs> the Yeah, I didn't. I was. I was just. I didn't I know, know really where to start. It's a lot that. of paperwork. It takes the fun out of it a bit at times. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all worth it in the end because you're doing mm. what you want to do yes. and you get a little bit of kick because you got yourself there. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's just really cool. I'll sleep at the end of it all. <laughs> uh, are you hitting London hard in the meantime? Uh, well. Yeah, well, we've gone out every night so far, so I suppose, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, everything's up, everything's open much later up here as well. No. Down here, sorry. Yeah, up, down, so. you're up. You're, I know, I'm so You're confused. pissed right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, right, we're going to pop to a song, and then afterwards we're going to do a face bit live, and we're going to play some games, um, and we're going to, let's just have some some fun, and um, I'm going to audition you for, for my movie Brilliant. that I'm going to make up right <laughs> now. Um, right, I'm going to play a little bit of Bond. I thought, let's go, let's go back to a Bond. So I went for the most recent Bond writing on the wall by Sam Smith so uh, here we go a little bit of sexy bond time on back row and chill We're back. Um, so that actually wasn't a bomb theme. I really <laughs> wish it was. There was a slight technical malfunction and we ended up playing some Michael Jackson. But I love that song anyway. So what the heck? <laughs> Don't even mind. It should have been a bomb theme. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, right, so we've still got Peter Stone in the studio. We're about to go Facebook Live. Uh, we are Facebook Live, so yeah. hello everybody. We're about to play a game called Mock Audition, where basically I play a director I'm going to be a director and I'm, I'm going to make a movie and I want to see whether or not you or you can be in my movie so I'm going to um, think not think up on the spot exactly what it is <laughs> um, so it's the deep south okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, 1850 in the deep south and we've got um, Curly Sue 
You can play Curly, Curly Sue. Sue. Hold on, let me let me. And uh, we've got uh, <laughs> Colonel. Um, Colonel. You can't say Colonel Mustard now. But. <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, okay. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> you look more like Mr. T. But <laughs> right, so um, okay. we're at we're at a lawn party picnic in the deep south in 1850. Yeah, popping all those chains, hey, guys. If you want to watch this, um, you're listening in. Pop onto Johanna you James' Facebook yeah, page, it's a good and look. you're going to find us now. Hi, oh, guys. So, okay, ready. Go. So we it's um it's a party, and um it's a lovely Sunday afternoon, and uh, you're looking for a wife. <laughs> Hey. And, um, how you do? <laughs> and you guys are going to be introduced to each other, so we're just going to see how this goes. And uh, I, I might throw in bits and bobs along the way, and we'll see we'll see what nice. uh, what's going on. Deep so, south, nice. right? Okay. Uh, I don't know what this voice is, but we'll go with it. <laughs> Howdy, y'all! I'm doing the right accent here. Ooh, yes. I it's, don't even know. <laughs> it sounds more convincing than mine. Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> So, uh, can I buy you a drink? I would love a drink, sir. Can I have some of your mighty fine joint? <laughs> oh, you're actually a teetotal. Oh, I mean... Recovering alcoholic. No. Sorry. You, do, you don't want a drink. I'm an alcoholic. I'll just have some of that fine joint, please. <laughs> like the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> I like that you've given up alcohol, but not a joint. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you've got to have something. <laughs> and suddenly, the sun goes down. Oh, where, wow. where has the light gone? I don't know, but it's hella romantic. And it is. Curly Sue turns into a werewolf. Oh! Oh, my dear lord! <laughs> it's strangely attractive. <laughs> I, th- these feelings I, I just don't understand. Oh! Pass me the joint still. Werewolves like joints. <laughs> um, and. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel <laughs> Colonel Love Song loves it so much but his nose I think that's a nose <laughs> yes we're going to say it is the nose <laughs> oh dear what, what has happened to me now the, <laughs> this is madness I love it well, the, oh, the, the, the sun has gone the wolf is out and my nose has uh, become larger because I'm attracted <laughs> clearly no actually guys cut 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 cut, cut. I don't, I'm not feeling oh, it I'm not feeling oh, that wow. one uh, I think we're going to change oh. the location okay. of the movie um, let's set it in the future in the future, in the future. Like maybe in in space are we okay. curly suing or not curly I'm thinking, suing uh, no, no no I'm no thinking um, I'm thinking in space let's go in that space. way um, got to think of a space accent now oh god um. oh god this is definitely, definitely going to end up racist I can feel okay. it guys you're going to be vampires but you are vegan vampires stuck in space and you're vegan. very hungry. Are we putting um, in the teeth? Let's just see. Uh, or we can just... Alright. Okay, I can... Okay. Okay, go. And, uh, you, yeah. you know, go for it. Uh, so, can you crush the salad? Crush the salad? Do you want some extra dressing? Yeah, uh, can you crush the tomato sauce? Here it is. Would you like some more? Cucumber? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Can you crush the radish? Oh, my God, no, that's meat. Oh, no. Oh, oh. Who put the steak there? I don't know. I need it, though. Give it here. Give it. I want it. I want it. Oh, no, 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 no. Lovely stuff is really good. Um, <laughs> and that, um, okay. Oh, my God. I'm not even I would need you. Know, I'm still. Why am I still so American? It was. It's better now than it was earlier. <laughs> it's oh, the God. teeth. Of yeah, okay. they really help. Then, guys, uh, your your spaceship is about to hit an asteroid, and you're going to confess your undying love for one another. But you don't have to have the teeth in. Oh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> <laughs> we're dribbling everywhere. <laughs> 
Asteroid. Sandra, even though you're dribbling everywhere, I, I need to tell you now. Bruce, I have something to tell you too. You I go first. You. I love you almost as much as I love veganism. Vegan? What? Almost as much? Almost as much. I've never said that to any man before. I don't know why I'm so camp right now. It must be the pressure. It's just getting to me. Your changing accents make me love you so much more. <laughs> They make me self. They make me love me more. <laughs> All right, cut, 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 cut. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And this is where I get no acting. Do you know what? The <laughs> That's it. I you will guys. never get an agent now. That is it. The talent that was coming out of that, I think, amazing. Shocking. Right? No, no, I, I loved it. I loved it. I felt like the, you were torn between your love of of veganism mm. and your love for each other mm. and your love for yourself. I yes. think. Yeah. Apparently. So yeah. There was, it was so layered. You know, I'm thinking like, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it, but after all, you know. Maybe. Or, so yeah, I will, I'll definitely be putting you in my movie. Thank so you. thank you very thank much. You very and much. thank you very much for watching everybody at home. Thank you. And listening. <laughs> um, it's background chill. I right. kept forgetting that was recording. I'm just like feeling it. Like, oh, just, you were oh, in the moment, darling. You were in the moment. So um, I'm going to pop into a bit, a bit more music. Well, we don't know what it's going to be because the last one was wrong. So let's oh, no, just yeah. see. If it's, I'm yeah, hoping yeah. this is going to be David Bowie golden years. Um, but well, let's just see. And I'll have a little boogie to, to the Bowie. Oh, it is. It is. There we go. There we go. A bit of that way. <laughs> Love it. Brilliant. Love a bit of Bowie. I saw a really good documentary on the BBC. They're running. They're doing a lot of Bowie documentaries at the moment. And because I wasn't, I wasn't like a huge Bowie fan. I appreciated him and I knew sort of of him, but I wasn't of the era of the Bowie, so mm. I didn't grow up with him or anything like that. So um, I'm, I'm learning more and more. Like, oh, he did this song and this song and this song and this song and just. Yeah, he was cool. He was a cool yeah. character. Oh, I was a fan. Yeah, I, was I was a fan. I didn't even know it. And like, he, I, I was watching interviews with him, and he was saying like he had a huge uh, stage fright. Mm. Um, and the the only way that he could overcome it, he did not like being himself on stage. He had no, he didn't want to, be, he didn't want to perform the songs. He wanted mm. to write them, but he was kind of forced onto the stage. So he thought, right, I'm going to create a alternative character in Ziggy Stardust, oh. and it, and then he found that it, he could just like psychologically just. Switch you know, that switch on. That's that like on. Beyonce does, and it's a bit like Beyonce with her yeah. Sasha Fierce. And I was like, yeah, so if, like, you know, if you got stage fright, just be like somebody else. <laughs> there. Do you do that when you get nervous when you're I on used stage? To be really, I used to get like panic attacks and everything. Yeah, um, I was like, it kept getting put in like hospital because it's like it's just <laughs> okay. like I couldn't breathe properly. They're like, what um, happened? He tried to sing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> did breathing exercises. Um, but no, like uh, now I, I um I'm, I'm I sort of uh, I go a little bit crazy. I just talk to myself. I like, go to a wall and I just give myself like a pep talk but I argue back at myself I'm like oh it really doesn't matter yes it does no it doesn't and, and I do that works. and it works I go out and I'm like yeah it doesn't matter I do that I um, I forget well especially with things like live like live mm. theatre because yeah. I, I, I don't do it so often I'm, I'm so used to just filming myself and retaking yeah. and retaking retaking so I did this like piece of live theatre maybe a year two years ago it's like it was a short it was a scratch night shorts for the Royal Court mm. and it was a two-hander and I remember like just waiting to go on stage before and we were the last one of the whole thing oh, right. so I felt a bit like uh-uh, mm. headline <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember going then I was very calm but inside going what are you d- this isn't for you what are you <laughs> doing yeah. you can't do this just leave now just walk out the door and I just felt like being like so sorry this has yeah. been a massive mistake <laughs> but then I felt <laughs> <to> <laughs> like, I'm just, just no what I'm- am I doing this isn't even fun and then, like, and then I felt bad because obviously my, my my scene partner had worked really hard, so I was like, I'll just do it for him, and then I'll never do this again. Mm-hmm. And then I got on stage, and I, and I remembered that I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like it's like that sitting at the beginning of a roller coaster. You're like, I can't do this, yeah. and then you're on it, like, Woo! 
<laughs> you go, I'm never doing this again. A week later, I'm back at it again. <laughs> it's a new play. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's weird how people deal with their stage fright. And I remember, like, initially as well, before I went on camera, I used to get camera fright. And I used to have this uh, weird twitchy lip or a twitchy eye. Oh, I used right. to have a twitchy eye. I'd See, be like, yeah, you get on the camera and suddenly you'd be like, I'm so... Amazing. Everyone just thinks you're winking at them. They think you're, like, super attracted to everyone. I'm like, no, I'm just nervous. <laughs> I know, I got the nervous eye. And I got used to get, like, a nervous sort of twitchy lip. Um, but it's hard to just stay calm, mm. breathe. And, okay, I'm going to maybe try and pep talk to myself yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just argue with yourself. That's it. Just been like, it's have a go at yourself. It's fine. It's like, who are you talking to? I'm talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try that with my boyfriend. <laughs> like, I'm not arguing with you. I'm arguing myself. Okay. <laughs> but has anything ever gone wrong? Because I find that's my, one of my favourite things as an actor as well. When talking to other actors and being like, right, what is your biggest fuck up? There's got to be because I love that about anything on set. On my, my first questions, I ask any um, celebrity or anything I meet, I say, what went wrong with the film, mm. or like, what went wrong with the play? Because that's my favourite. Yeah. Have if, if you never had a. Uh, well, uh, we. <clears throat> excuse me. When we did Coward, uh, we had these like flats and they had like these little triangles on that like they then like um, like domino effect down and changed the walls completely. Oh, nice. And, uh, but they had to be like shunted from behind. So it was like it was jolting you into a different scene. And one of the actors there, Jake, I think it, I think it was him. Uh, so I'm on, on stage doing this lovely scene change. It was lovely, I promise you. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I turn around and I see this flat falling um, and it's like in a really intimate space so everyone can see it so I like dive over and throw myself against it um, in a really dramatic <laughs> manner like ta-da um, and you know pulled it off I think um, but you know they knew they knew when the set falls apart <laughs> yeah <laughs> right and um, have, you, have you seen any of the uh, play that goes wrong or anything I want to see it no because I've seen that four times mm. It tickles. It is absolutely like piss yourself in your seat. Funny. Anyone who's ever put on a performance or done anything of that kind, you you get it yeah. on another level to what anyone else does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went over Christmas. I went to see Peter Pan Goes Wrong by yeah. the same theatre company. Um, and they put on. They're trying to put on like a really good production of Peter Pan, and everything that could go wrong goes wrong <laughs> Tinkerbell gets electrocuted like the um, one of the actors forgets his lines so have to wear, has to wear this massive headset which keeps picking up radio signals of other things so his, his, li- his lines are coming out like mental and uh, you know people there are fights there's backstage um, love affairs going on and it's like the, the whole thing is just yeah. absolutely brilliant and I think so I paid all this money to go and well technically my mum did because it's a Christmas present <laughs> thank you mum but um Paid all this money to go and see it, and then the very next day, the BBC played it. So if you do want to see it, if you missed oh, it in right. London, um, I think you can see it on like BBC oh, iPlayer yeah. or something now. But oh my gosh! So yeah, things that go wrong because I've you know I've had that where you're on stage and I've come out at the beginning, <laughs> all the lines are gone. Yeah. There's nothing there in my little yeah. pouch of bag. I'm like, <laughs> anything? <laughs> Say something. I kept it. I did that uh, on one of the nights. I I got I, there's a bit where I get picked up. And uh, he, the, uh, Jake picks me up, and uh, for some reason, all my lines just go out of my head for a split second. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say yeah. now. <laughs> I, I, and I started the other night. I started saying lines, but they were from a different scene, different so play, my, different country. It just got bigger and bigger. This, this, I started monologuing all of a sudden. <laughs> Brilliant. 
<laughs> I um, I used to have this thing where when I was at drama school where we would have to perform. We'd have to we do our work in the week, and then every Friday we would perform to the school, and the head teacher and all the, the mm. staff would come and watch your your work. And I don't know. I would just always mess up on the final. I'd be fine in rehearsal, and my my, my teacher said like I don't understand it. Like you nail it in the rehearsal. There's nothing wrong as soon as you get in front of every like the as soon as there's an audience um, it, you just do crazy things and it all goes out and, and it was like almost like because I thought I was going to forget my line yeah. I then did yeah. um, and, but sometimes it can work um, in a good way I remember this one time I was, I was working on this speech Shakespearean speech and it was like me pleading with the king for my life and I was there and I just I was halfway through it and I just forgot or like <laughs> three thirds of what and I forgot and then I was just sort of, I think I let out this like ah! <laughs> because I was the like standard scream. I was so angry at myself, and then I started crying because I was upset at myself for like failing it or whatever. And then I think I I I might have made up a line or anyway I ended it. And like the <laughs> the head teacher then like stood up and was like, now that. It was like a moment. <laughs> so then I was like, yeah. Like and extreme then, method acting, crying yeah. for the role, dedication right there. But then I would nearly got away with it, but then my actual teacher went, no, she she messed it up. She forgot half of it. <laughs> She's just generally upset. I was like, oh, damn it, nearly got like a point there, but never mind. <laughs> never mind. So, oh, what the joys of being a thespian. Right, so um, just to go back to why you're here and what yes. you're doing on at the moment, yeah. if anyone's just joined us, you are promoting your new play, The Doppelgang. Yeah. Um, is it? anything to do with doppelgangers um well i suppose it, it, we sort of we dress up as them we impersonate them okay in that sort okay of sense, okay I mean? um so in that sense yes um, okay i see what it is there right yeah. i don't know if it's a story about people you know looking like looking someone like else. Them. well it's, <laughs> um, it's just us basically uh in the second half the um the characters that we play they're impersonating them and they're trying to basically pretend that they are the real Marx Brothers to get all this 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 theatre packed mm -hmm. so that they can get a bit of money behind them uh, for, for the theatre that's failing but also because of um, one of the characters uh, Tommy needs to sort himself out so a, yeah, it's a theatre play within a theatre play yes it's, it's a play inception. within a play within a play a play a within a play a that's so cool that, well <laughs> brilliant so, and it's on at the Tristan Bates Theatre um, it's on now up until Saturday the 11th of February yeah. so go check that out if you want to where, where would people go if they want to find tickets uh, or whatnot go to the Tristan Bates Theatre website Tristan Bates um, Theatre website and uh, yeah just Google them or just go straight on. Other Brilliant. search sites are available. Um, just in case, you know, with product placement wise, I don't know. Amazing. <laughs> Get your tickets. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, to Brilliant. stick thank within you. the theatre world, my next song is from one of my favourite things I've seen at the, the the West End this year, which is School of Rock. Oh, I saw it on the opening night in New York and then I happened to see a year to the day later um i saw the opening night of the, in london so it was really cool but um so this is a song called stick it to the man so it's basically like the jack black movie but i actually prefer it to the movie because the kids all play and sing their instruments live on stage every night i was at the end they came out and went by the way the kids just all perform live to you and we wow. were like what mind blown so jealous <laughs> uh, they have these little like tiny things that are more talented yeah. than you'll ever yeah. be in like a lifetime and you're like oh you have no idea no training or anything um and it was yeah it was absolutely brilliant so this is stick it to the man from school of rock um thank you so much we'll rock thank it you. out background chill I'm totally singing along with that. <laughs> Love it. So, yeah, that was um, School of Rock. If you're into your Jack Black comedy-style rock, go see that <clears> in the West End right now. I'm not sure what theatre is that. Uh, it's in... It's in 
Oh, I don't know. There's too many theatres. I, no <laughs> I know where it is. Um, it's near Drury Lane, but I can't remember right now. <laughs> so, going back a little bit into um, what's going on in the world right now in terms of entertainment, we had the Golden Globes, mm-hmm. which was now the week before last, um, which was, so the Golden Globes sort of set it off, and then we've got People's Choice Awards which has just happened which actually I wrote down um, I quite like because the Golden Globes and the Oscars and the BAFTAs um, which are yet to come um, they are obviously selected by a panel mm-hmm. um, or by memberships or whatever and there's a slight little bit la-di-da essence around them but the People's Choice Awards obviously it's it's voted for by the people who actually watch this stuff yeah. so I feel that it's maybe a little bit more representation of what the general public actually think so the winners were um, Melissa McCarthy won Best Comedic Actress, which I'm, I'm agreeing with. I loved yeah, her. Yeah, I'd 100% back I, that. <laughs> I just love that woman. Like, if I could get in her brain or a film or her knickers or whatever, um, I would. And so, yeah, she won Comedic Actress. Um, Robert Downey Jr. won Favourite Movie Actor. He's my favourite actor, so... Is he? Yes. yes. I don't know what my favourite actor is. Hmm, who are the, I, lo- I love a Denzel Washington. Um, but Robbie Dan- Downey Jr. is fantastic. Uh, Big Bang Theory won favourite network comedy, which, again, I mean, they're just smashing it. They're on, like, ten series now. I think they might be doing more series than Friends did, which they is just... They will never stop. Yeah, that's just crazy. <laughs> they get millions per episode, so they never will. <laughs> um, now, Justin Timberlake won favourite male singer, which was an odd... I mean, I can't remember him... Releasing anything really big this year, last year. I swear he does more acting than singing now. I know, I thought that was a weird Didn't one. know that was a thing. Um, and Jennifer Lopez won uh, Best TV Crime Actress, so not none, none of her, not for her singing, but for her acting. It's a bit weird. A bit weird. Um, and then what was a bit of a controversial one, which was Johnny Depp won Favourite Movie Icon, which I um, agree. I think like Jack Sparrow is one of the most iconic, one of the most amazing mm-hmm. characters ever to be created and is still going Pirates of the Caribbean 5 yep. and possibly 6 that's another one it's just going to go forever it's just going to keep going <laughs> but, you know we're going to be taking our kids to the Pirates, of the, like Pirates of the Caribbean 20 <laughs> um, and yeah so he won and it was a bit emotional because obviously he's just come out and finalised his divorce and whatever and I don't know where I stand it's really hard uh, on this one because he was accused of domestic violence mm. so on the one hand I don't really want to you know continue following or applauding someone who, who who does domestic violence but on the other hand if it's not true I also don't want to condemn someone my opinion is that there's two sides to every story like he's a celebrated actor for a reason and when they like give out these awards they don't take into account everything else it's literally just pure talent so he should be rewarded for that like no matter what's going on at home you can never know what's true or what isn't yeah. so like, I'd still be like you go Johnny we love you just don't beat anyone up it's just it's hard because like yeah obviously she there are people saying she 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 made the abuse claims t- for the divorce mm-hmm. to get more money um, and then on the other side she actually had photos of her with a smashed up face and it's yeah. like so, so does that mean that she smashed it herself like it's kind of yeah. and I just feel really bad um, because I really like Johnny Depp or I like Johnny Depp and then it's one of those catch 22 or or it's it's that thing where if somebody is a rumour about you, whether it's true or not, are you still stained? Like if someone yeah. says the word Peter Pyle, I th- I think you are because you like once there's like a seed of doubt in your mind, you can yeah. never get rid of that, and it's just going to grow. So I'm going to like see I, now I've got a seed of doubt about Johnny Depp, and you know because obviously Jack Sparrow, amazing character, mm. but maybe the man is a little bit more crooked. <laughs> so that was People's Choice of uh, Awards, um, and obviously the Golden Globes, and now Meryl Streep won. 
she won like a lifetime achievement award and she absolutely just flew around the internet with her acceptance speech because um and actually it made me tear up a little bit it was a very very powerful speech so i've wanted to play it i didn't get a chance to last week so now we've got a little time to this week so this was meryl streep um accepting her award um and just i'll just let you decide she decided to um choose this because she got a couple of minutes you know instead of talking about herself she decided to talk about without mentioning him donald trump and sort of the effects of that and she mm-hmm. just did it so well uh without sort of really hate shaming anyway shut up Johanna. let's just play the bloody meryl <laughs> streep thing here we go lost my voice in screaming and lamentation this weekend and I have lost my mind sometime earlier this year so I have to read Um, thank you Hollywood Foreign Press just to pick up on what Hugh Laurie said you and all of us in this room really belong to the most vilified segments in American society right now. Think about it. Hollywood, foreigners, and the press. <laughs> but who are we? And, and, you know, what is Hollywood anyway? It's just a bunch of people from other places. I was born and raised and educated in the public schools of New Jersey. Viola was born in a sharecropper's cabin in South Carolina, came up in Central Falls, Rhode Island. Sarah Paulson was born in Florida, raised by a single mom in Brooklyn. Sarah Jessica Parker was one of seven or eight kids from Ohio. Amy Adams was born in Vicenza, Veneto, Italy. And Natalie Portman was born in Jerusalem. Where are their birth certificates? And the beautiful Ruth Nega was born in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, raised in London, no, in Ireland, I do believe. And she's here nominated for playing a small town girl from Virginia. Ryan Gosling, like all the nicest people, is Canadian. (laughs) And Dev Patel was born in Kenya, raised in London, is here for playing an Indian raised in Tasmania. So Hollywood is crawling with outsiders and foreigners. And if we kick them all out, you'll have nothing to watch but football and mixed martial arts, which are not the arts. (laughs) They gave me three seconds to say this, so. An actor's only job is to enter the lives of people who are different from us and let you feel what that feels like. And there were many, many, many powerful performances this year that did exactly that, breathtaking, compassionate work. But there was one performance this year that stunned me. It it sank its hooks in my heart, not because it was good. It was, there was nothing good about it, but it was effective and it did its job. It made its intended audience laugh and show their teeth. It was that moment when the person asking to sit in the most respected seat in our country imitated a disabled reporter, someone he outranked in privilege, power, and the capacity to fight back. It 
it kind of broke my heart when I saw it, and I still can't get it out of my head because it wasn't in a movie. It was real life. And this instinct to humiliate when it's modeled by someone in the public platform, by someone powerful, it filters down into everybody's life because it kind of gives permission for other people to do the same thing. Disrespect invites disrespect. Violence incites violence. When the powerful use their position to bully others, we all lose. Okay, go up with that thing. Okay, this brings me to the press. We need the principled press to hold power to account, to, to call them on the carpet. Every outrage. That's why, that's why our founders enshrined the press and its freedoms in our Constitution. So I only ask the famously well-heeled Hollywood foreign press and all of us in our community to join me in supporting the Committee to Protect Journalists, because we're going to need them going forward, and they'll need us to safeguard the truth. One more thing. Once, when I was uh, standing on the set one day, whining about something, you know, we were going to work through supper or, or the long hours or whatever, Tommy Lee Jones said to me, isn't it such a privilege, Meryl, just to be an actor? <sighs> yeah, it is. And we have to remind each other of the privilege and the responsibility of the act of empathy. We should all be very proud of the work Hollywood honors here tonight. As my, as my friend, the dear departed Princess Leia said to me once, take your broken heart, make it into art. Thank you for it. Amazing, amazing balls. Mm -hmm. What a woman. Got all goosebumps. So, um, yeah, really true what she said. And amazing that she had a Lifetime Achievement Award and she decided to use it for that, which um, I saw a funny meme sort of saying, like, Donald Trump really must feel like shit if Meryl Streep used her <laughs> Lifetime Achievement Award to call him out. It's like, <laughs> dude! Um, right, yeah, so that's that. And um, I think the next awards ceremony is going to be the BAFTAs, which we are going to have. I think Noel Clark is going. I'm not sure if I'm going, uh, but we're going to have loads of inside gossip about about that so make sure you tune in around the 12th of February because we're going to have all the BAFTA news and gossip and whatnot and oh my can you imagine the BAFTA everyone's at the BAFTAs mm -hmm. everyone it's like there'll be some mad the drama going on there I know can you imagine the after party <laughs> like oh, like twerking with Emma Stone and literally you need to have that as like the title of a video just get it out there like just as a vlog can you imagine the vlog I'll yep. just wear a GoPro on my head it'd be amazing um, right 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 so as I was saying earlier I got to interview uh, a lot of the uh, who are they well the celebrities and also the director of the new triple x movie uh, which came out last week so um i thought i would show you my interview first with ruby rose and then dj caruso because um, i really enjoyed talking to the both of them i mean meeting ruby rose was like amazing for me because i'm so I, jealous <laughs> huge girl crush on her huge girl crush um although i was a little bit sad um when i sort of met her in person she wasn't quite what i was and that always happens though when you have an image of what you think someone is so when you meet your hero 
hero never lives up to expectations. Yeah, yeah, she was more. I think I really fancy Ruby when she's when she's kind of being like a boy. <laughs> and and uh, Ruby, she plays like a feisty male, and it works for her. <laughs> and I met her, and she was so feminine. She more feminine. She was wearing like, these thigh high leather boots, this mini skirt. Ah. I was just like, oh hello, <laughs> um, this is Lady Ruby Rose. Um, anyway, so let's uh, let's play what I got. Uh, what, what I got chatting to her about. Right, so, um, well, first of all, just how did you get involved with this movie? I was really lucky to get involved super early on. I had, uh, Vin had always sort of had me in mind for the character of Adele. Yeah. He's really hands-on because this is his baby. He loves Xander and uh, he's a producer on it as well. So he got the script sent to me via Joe Roth, another amazing producer, and I read up to kind of my opening sequence uh, to find out that she was an animal activist in her spare time, and I was like, I'm absolutely doing this film. Done. Yeah, yeah, done deal. And knowing that Sam Jackson and Vim were doing it, that's all I needed. And, and as the cast grew, I realised that I'd made a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful decision. Um, it was so refreshing to see a girl on like in this kind of movie, which I could relate to, which wasn't, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, it was, she's so badass, but and she doesn't use, she doesn't have to use sexuality to be super cool. And I was just like. Amen, sister. In the, in the cinema, I was so happy to see. That's such a definitely kick-up. yeah. One of the coolest parts of the film is having these three, you know, really different, wildly different, unique uh, female characters Women, but, yeah. that are really strong. And and you know, like Adele doesn't use you know sexuality to accomplish anything because I don't think she knows how. I just don't think her brain is wired like that. She's pragmatic and she's super skilled at, you know, being a sniper and I don't think it kind of really enters her her mind as opposed to being a decision. I think she's just like, what? And how – had you ever – shot a gun before or was it literally like I, from scratch yeah I, I I was really gun shy I'd never seen one or touched one before my first film you know in the states and uh, I, I did two but they were with much smaller like handguns and to move to a sniper is a completely different kind of yeah. machine and they're like 20 pounds and and you can't make them many I was like can we get this but like a lighter version no that's not a thing uh and learning how to how to you know aim and how to take shots and and you you really have to learn how to slow down your heart rate and take your breathing really seriously and yeah and the wind and everything matters because you're taking shots from so far away and learning all of that was it was really uh fascinating because I didn't know how much went into it and remembering your lines and hanging from a tree yeah uh, that's like multitasking women so yeah that's why they needed women in this film because yeah. men couldn't have done it I think I'd probably start off with a water gun and be like guys can we just build yeah up? right it should be really <laughs> deadly with that and now you're all wet it's like you're in the Dominican Republic it's boiling we we actually quite like the wet. Now, I heard from Nina that there was a little bit of like sort of pranking or some fun going on like behind the scenes, but she wouldn't like fully tell me what was happening. What was what was going on behind stage? Was there like... Well, she made the mistake of saying to me one time that, that she was like notorious for being this prankster and then that, you know, like she was the best prankster in the world. And I'm like... Come on now. Come on. Let's see. Let's see. And okay. and then, like, that day she scared me. But she just hid in my trailer and she had the, her iPhone on, like, a slow-mo, which I, I was like, thanks, because nothing looks good in slow-mo. And she just jumped out and I was like, ah. But if it wasn't in slow-mo, it would have been, like, two seconds. But yeah. in slow-mo, I was like, <laughs> And I was like, you are, that's it. You are gone. And so then it proceeded to be like hundreds of photos of me like in her trailer so she looked obsessed with me and I I took out her actual costume and put in like an outfit that I got from a sex store. I like bought this little like like nurse outfit and put it in there and had it steamed by like wardrobe and she was like, she didn't know what she had oh, no she was imagine. like what on earth is this in my costume and she, costume were like no it was ruby so we we had a lot of that happening and, and that was kind of 
one of the joys of working on set with Nina. Nice. That's super cool. Um, do you like that this was a role that you got to fully display? Because tattoos were part of this movie. Every All the cool characters had, yeah. like, you know, there was lots of shots and they even talked about it in the movie, like, oh, this is from this when, this is from here. Uh, yeah. Were you happy that you finally got to show your art? Well, yeah, but I actually, you know, I made a decision to cover. So, so I went through the makeup process of, of covering all of them or most of them and then putting new tattoos on top that I oh. thought would be more relevant to, to Adele because some of them worked, but others, I, you know, okay. I didn't really think Adele would have like a Ninja Turtle tattoo, for instance. And yeah. I kind of was like, mm, maybe I'll change that. So I got things to do with, you know, Sniper. Um, had things to do with that kind of uh, the technical side of that, like my kill count and, and the wind and all the mathematics sort of on my knuckles and mm-hmm. just had it changed a little bit. That's cool because I did not notice that, so thank you. <laughs> the must look real then. I should thank the makeup team. Yeah, no, seriously. I was like, I was like, oh, they used to have real tattoos. No. So okay, cool. this film is literally a punch you in the face, adrenaline rush. Yeah. Um, what is your process from like reading a script to then actually creating that? I think the yeah, I think the process is you know is you always dream up a movie in your head as you're creating the sequences, and then you start to imagine the cast members you're going to have in there, and then ultimately in the action sequences, uh, and because you have a character like Xander Cage who goes at 120 miles an hour all the time, as a filmmaker, I wanted that energy and that sort of kinetic feel to be in the action sequences, and not not to shoot the action sequences from like a distance, but to put you in the middle of the action sequences. Like you said, it yeah. they punch you in the face and that. So yeah, I think close. the process is just making sure that you as a filmmaker put the viewer in there with the characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was the chair. I'm just gonna say, my, <laughs> my leather trousers are squeaking <laughs> no, on no. the chair. <laughs> and, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, and are you super involved with like the design and the edit as well? Do you go? Oh yeah, yeah. You're super design. You know, I lived. Uh, you know, you you cut the movie uh, on the weekends. I'd go in the editing room and, and cut the movie, and then after you wrap, you have ten weeks. And you know, every little design element. I worked with John Billings, the production designer, to design all the sets. And so yeah, you're heavily devol- involved with all that. And you're going. Do you also get to choose where you're going in the world? Because you go to some lush. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you get to choose. You well, you know, yeah. you write certain things, and sometimes the studio is like you can't afford that. But um, we sent units out all over. So we went from Africa to Brazil to the mm. Philippines to the Dominican Republic. London. London, Toronto. Yeah, we did a lot. Of, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, I like that London was in the film. I was like, hometown. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I felt like, yeah, last night, last night as I was sitting there, I'm like, yeah, this is, looks like exactly where we were when we shot this. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you had the premiere last Yeah, we had night. the premiere Did it go night. down well? Yeah, it went really well. Yeah? Really well. It's cold. I think people are saying it's cold. Yeah, it was cold, but it wasn't that bad. And you have a really diverse cast, like, first 10 minutes I was like this is amazing there's uh-huh. people from everywhere um, was that something that was really important to you or did it just sort of happen you know it, it was important it happened because what we thought was like the first triple X the first two movies triple X was very sort of USA centric you know mm-hmm. and now that Xander Cage has been gone for 15 years we thought like why don't we just make this global Sam Jackson's character Gibbons would be pulling all these amazing people from all over the world and make this a global agency and so from the very onset that was our goal and then you go, great, let's get Donnie Yen, let's get mm-hmm. Deepika, let's get Ruby Rose. Oh, we got Chris Wu, Tony Ja. So it was just amazing, you know, get Michael Bisbing. And so it was just, it gave us, the, it allowed us to go out and like pull all these characters from all over the world and, and put them all in one agency. And there was also some really cool roles for girls. Yeah. Which I was very thankful for. I think Nina and Ruby's roles especially. Yeah. Because um, there is a an element of triple X films that can be quite, it's teenage boy yeah, yeah. Wet dream. And, um, <laughs> and I was just really happy that there were some characters in there that really got to kick butt and 
Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you, you'll you see there's, like, obviously in Xander's world, you have the girls and you have some bikinis and you yeah. have certain things, but the most important element, the biggest surprise in the movie is, like, I just think Ruby, Deepika, and Nina are these incredibly beautiful but talented, smart characters that literally are, you know, equal to Xander Cage. They're not like his little sidekicks or anything. I mean, when Deepika and Vin are standing there, they're... Looking, she's looking at the mirror in the mirror of her her version of him, and she, he's mm. looking at his version of her. And then uh, Ruby is just such this dynamic, amazing creature. She's she can do anything. Uh, and Nina, the biggest surprise about Nina for me was her timing and sense of humor of comedy. Her like, comedy, yeah, I know. She yeah, she that one out. This physical comedy, like she had this Lucille Ball kind of thing. And so the fir- from the very first take when she came out, I was like really blown away but like the humor and because that's something I hadn't really seen in Nina's work prior yeah she's never done that I, was, yeah. I said to her when I met her I was like you need to do more comedy because <laughs> like exactly yeah. and and how did you get involved with it with, you... uh, well Vin and I for the past few years have been trying to find a project together uh, we developed a few things but they didn't really kind of come to get, come together and then Vin said I want to reintroduce Sander Cage, and he called me one day, and I said, yeah, man, I'm on board. Let's do that. Down. I'm down. All of the world. (laughs) And just really quickly, what's next? What's your next? Uh, I'm working on a little movie called God is a Bullet, which is a really kind of uh, extreme character piece uh, about uh, a girl who was an ex-heroin addict who was taken over by a cult, who sort of escaped that cult, and she helps the father uh, get his daughter out of this cult, and it's extreme crazy crazy drama uh, and really great relationship story with some really cool action that's mental that's literally my life is that your life yeah you're doing my biography well good we're going to audition you later so just hang out totally I'm your girl that was amazing thank you so much thank you so much so that was my previous interview with DJ Caruso, and he was such a nice director guy. So, um, yeah, yeah, lovely. Right, it is time we've got our second uh, guest on. Well, you're not really a guest, you're a not it, really you know, <laughs> regular. Um, Just, Lucy Patterson's back on. Hello. Um, it's time for some film reviews. So we're going to talk about what we have seen whether we liked it, whether we didn't, and just basically let you know whether or not you should waste your time on it yeah. <laughs> or invest your time and money and yeah. everything in it. So um, what what has everybody seen? We can bring it to... What have you seen, Lucy? Uh, well, today, I actually had a double bill cinema day today because um, I slacked all week and just didn't bother going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I'd put it in. Um, I saw Manchester by the Sea today oh, first. And I would say... I can understand why everyone's going so mad about it and why everyone's got millions of awards and this, that and the other. The acting is absolutely flawless from mm. everybody. It's absolutely amazing. So understated and natural and I love that sort of acting, you know. Yeah. You, you can be hilarious if you want and you can stab someone in the face and do this and do that and you have all the special effects. But when it's stripped down to a drama like this one... Mm-hmm. It it really does show who's talented and who isn't. Um, it's it's quite a heartbreaking story actually. It's Casey Affleck. He stars in it. Um, ben Affleck's little bro. Yeah, and at times you think is that Ben or is that Casey? You know, he really does look he like looks him. Looks like him. Um, his brother dies and he ends up having to go back to his hometown to make arrangements for his son and the funeral and things like that. And it turns out that something in his past happened that was really really heartbreaking that made him move. And it's basically just the story about that and him trying to deal with it and and, and things like that and. Like I said, I can see why everyone's gone so mad. Don't know whether you should go to the cinema, though. 
It doesn't need to be seen on the big screen, you know? That's mm-hmm. what I said. My parents said to me, um, oh, we want to go out. What do you suggest? Uh, La La Land or Manchester by the mm. Sea? And I was like, they're both brilliant. Yeah. Um, definitely make sure you see both. Um, but out of the two, I would say La La Land, make sure you see it on a big screen. Yeah, definitely. Because it's, it's got all of that. And But but Manchester by you could easily... You could easily watch that at home. You could, like, snuggle up on the sofa yeah. and be just as engrossed because yeah. it, it will pull exactly. you in. I mean, it's such a, a, a love... No, it's not a lovely story, but, you know, the, the resolutions you, you kind of get at the end it's quite rewarding to watch um, I did cry a couple of times I must admit oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah usually it takes me to the end of the film to cry but I cried a few times through this one um, I really hope that there is some more recognition for the guy who played the son the, Lucas Hedges yeah the young boy in it he was, was really so good the chemistry them two had as well like just bouncing off each other Just it was absolutely amazing so um the Affleck plays his uncle Uh and because his brother died he's now sort of in charge of this this teenager and which is interesting because they've done a lot of stories where people have become in charge of children or small children and that they've done that story quite a few times but this one is like when you're in charge of a teenager nearly an adult 16 he's just about to be an adult but he's not quite it's like like, mm, mm, troubling age yeah yeah exactly Um, and he is a proper teenager. He's got two girlfriends. Yeah. And <laughs> I, thought, I thought that character was absolutely amazing. Yeah. So well written and so well acted. You could tell a lot of it was improv. They obviously just let the camera roll and just, you know, and just go. I love that. I love watching that. And there's a scene as well with um, uh, Michelle Williams and yeah. uh, Casey Affleck. And oh, it's like, yeah. it's meeting an ex when mm. there is so much history and things haven't been apologised for. Yeah. And that really, oh, Oh my god! Oh, it's just they, chills. They There's so much it. left to say, and they, I mean, they were talking over each other and everything, but it just didn't matter. It didn't look messy. It looked absolutely amazing. I think they're both brilliant actors. And I was just sitting there, like you know, you didn't even want to eat popcorn at that point. You're just, you're, just like open mouth. Yeah, like oh my god, I feel you. I've been in that. We've all been in that situation yeah. with the next where you've got to have that awkward. And they just nailed it. <laughs> they nailed did. it. They really did. So Manchester by the Sea, yeah, huge thumbs up. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I went to see La La Land um, on my own on Saturday <laughs> night. Brilliant. Um, it was great. <laughs> Um, I, but I, I had one of those because so many people had like you know lardy dard about it yeah <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then you know how fabulous it was how fabulous it was um, and it was like technically beautiful mm. film but it wasn't the film that I thought I was going to see I thought I was going to see more of a happy film yeah yeah when, I know what you mean when actually <laughs> um, it's it, quite devastating it's quite down and I yeah. was cr- found myself <laughs> crying I, I, I wasn't in the best mood when I went to go no. and, <laughs> and I went going oh I'm, I'm going to rubbish film it's just an argument I'm going to go in and cheer me up and um, and then I felt worse <laughs> because it was, I could see why it's not the um, without giving away spoilers it is you know it's quite a sad story really. yeah um, but and I really felt being someone who's an actress and I've been through years mm. of like four or five years of, of, of auditioning yeah, and stuff and Emma Emma Stone just absolutely nails well, it was literally like taking a bullet every time I think you're just like I know that feeling I know that feeling <laughs> um, it's horrible and apparently she wrote the opening scene of the film which is her in an audition room Emma Stone in an audition room um, actually happened to her she suggested it to the director and really? said actually can can this be can this be written into the film oh, because I feel this actually happened to yeah. me and as soon as they did that they, the film opens and she's at an audition one of those LA ones mm. and there's a 
panel of people and she's having to do this really emotional scene on on her phone or pretending to be on her mm-hmm. phone and she's just actually getting into it she's quite good she's absolutely nailing it isn't she and then suddenly the door swings open behind her and some assistant runs in and says oh someone's on the phone and then and then she just freezes and she doesn't know whether what's the protocol does she does mm-hmm. she just wait and mm-hmm. then continue her her emotion after or does she start again or, and she's just there poor little thing with her with her phone up against her ear tears in her eyes tears you know. in her eyes like oh do I do I carry on or not you know and they're having this conversation just over Horrid. her and then they're like oh look we've seen we've seen enough yeah. thank you and from that moment on you had her heart and yeah, you were totally. like you just were with her you invested in her totally. and it was fine mm. but um, the fact that that actually happened to Emma and like whoever actually whoever actually did that to Emma Stone all those years ago will be kicking oh, themselves definitely. now God, yeah. she's probably going to win the Oscar oh, and yes. they would have been like but that's how mad it is isn't it like and someone who can win an Oscar can also be in an audition mm. where they're just kicked out yeah. and like overlooked so that gives me so much hope good because I hope like, it does sometimes people they don't see what they want to see people see different things in different people yeah. and it's, you've just got to wait for the person that does and the people that don't you know like we saw in the film they'll be sorry yeah <laughs> auditions are, I mean I heard a thing about um, Kira Knightley when she was first starting and she had a bit of buzz around her because she did the Pirates of the Caribbean mm. and, well a lot of buzz um, and she was getting like, different offers and she went in she was put up for this film um I think it was The Jacket. It's quite a dark, oh, no, yeah. dark Weird indie film. film. Yeah. yeah, And initially the director went, no way, no way mm. am I going to have Keira Knightley in my movie. Like, she's a little princess from Disney Hollywood. Princess, yeah. Yeah. She's like, no, no. And they were like, um, so she went into audition and she had a vomiting virus and she yeah. like, I can't go in. They were like, you need to, this is your one chance. Yeah. Like, this director's not fond of you, so you, need, you turn up or whatever. Yeah. So she went in like with Sick Bucket and apparently <laughs> like nailed the performance because she Amazing. was so ill and like and yeah. she had no makeup on she looked really grungy and she was like vomiting in the bucket and the director lo- and the director changed and said yep you got the role so she got, she got her first like indie role from vomiting nice <laughs> so then she stomach had, bugs are the way to go uh, quite clearly yeah, so she probably pretend she had a stomach bug for the rest of the movie <laughs> yeah. but that's an interesting little, I love those little tidbits of like why Lovely. people get things and why they don't so yeah overall Lola was beautiful and, and initially I didn't love of the songs and they, no. they, they weren't super super catchy and I was like do you even need the song because yeah. the, the film's strong enough without oh. everyone bursting into song every now and then yeah. but then so having said that I have what's been on my Spotify has been the La La Land soundtrack <laughs> really and, oh see and Ryan Gosling and yeah so um, I'm loving the soundtrack and the film so yeah have you seen anything oh uh, yeah so like I said I've seen um, Lego Batman sing super recently <laughs> Oh, which would great. I'm going to see Thing tomorrow with my nephew. You're going to love it. It's oh, amazing. I'm so excited. I, I was like, there's so many ups and downs. I was like, really? laughing. There were parts where I was like, almost crying. Oh, I, I love like, stuff like that. Like, it's just so relatable. Even though it's singing animals, well, it's yeah. super relatable. <laughs> like, there's just so many things going on. And it's not that often that I watch a cartoon that I'm like, wow. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That made me feel so oh, much <laughs> to say I'm not a child. I love an animation. I do too. It was, you were really like, oh, it. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, and what else did you see, Lucy? Um, I saw Bye Bye Man today. Which is the horror. Yeah, it's the horror film. And it's, you know, your standard formulaic. They move into some creepy old house and then right. some urban legend bullshit rears <laughs> its ugly head. And it was just so atrocious. And I sometimes don't understand how things get to the cinema. Yeah. How do they <laughs> get I really funded? don't get it. You know, I could have written that in my bedroom and gone to somebody, there you go. Mm-hmm. And, and would they have produced it? Probably not. So I don't know how the hell this happened. But it, it was just, it was nothing new. It was not refreshing. We've had lights out recently. We've had Don't Breathe. They've been 
twists on on different yeah. st- you know they've been refreshing newer ideas things like that not just the normal there's a hooded figure in my house and it had this really weird CGI oh I see the CGI <clears throat> dog with it that had no skin and it was just you know it's the usual urban legend stuff don't say his name don't think his name whatever but oh, like yeah. Candyman, don't say it five times in the mirror. And it or happens. Voldemort. Or, exactly. <laughs> you know. Or Bloody Mary and things not like new, that. Not new, not new. A bunch of teenagers just getting murked, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was also a little bit of a rip-off of certain things. Set in London? <clears throat> no, no, America. It was American. Uh, it was on a college campus. They decide that they want to live off campus now. It's a couple and their friend, and they go and live in this creepy old house that's mm-hmm. you know on the outskirts of their campus. Uh Funny things start to happen, like they hear coins drop in the night, they hear doors slamming, you know, standard horror film, boring stuff. Um, and then they find some writing in this uh, drawer in a nightstand mm. and start saying it out loud or whatever. And obviously you're not supposed to say bye-bye man or even think it. And it tells you in flashback the origins of the story and what happened at first. And it, it's about, you know, researching into it and where it came from and what to do to to uh, get rid of it and they basically just stole the ending of a recent horror film that I've seen before ripped off the score from It Follows it was I was sitting there going what is this and there was like some a patchwork 15 horror film. year old it was just me and this 15 year old that was sitting like a few rows behind me <laughs> hot date I know I was like <laughs> <laughs> he was so far away from me so I was like oh. but he kept going oh my god this is so good like so I could hear him and at the end I was like it was fucking terrible <laughs> he was going oh no it wasn't that bad but yeah, if you want to just, I don't know, have a, a Saturday night in with a film you can ignore and you like a horror, then watch chill. it. If you want to chill with someone. Exactly. But <laughs> it's out in the cinema at the moment, but don't bother going to see it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to pop to a quick song and then we can get back to our film reviews. Um, what have I got left to play? Oh, I'm going to go for, let's, I'm going to go for Rhythm of the Night by oh, DeLarge. Uh, it's been, been many, many, many movies, but most recently was in the new uh, Ghostbusters. So let's have a little bit of a boogie. Lovely. And, uh, and then come back. Back row and chill with Johanna James on Fubar Radio. You're listening to the very last part of yeah. Back Row and Chill. Got Lucy Patterson, Amber yeah. Dawn. Um, it's all ladies for the first time ever on the show's history. So it's a full fanny show. Yeah. <laughs> fanny show. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> so exciting. Um, we're, we're just um, sort of closing down our film review. And one thing that I did get to go and see uh, last week was Fences, the new film Ooh. with Denzel Washington mm. and Viola Davis, um, which, again, I didn't read, I didn't know anything about. I just went in because yeah. I knew that I was interviewing Viola, so I had to see the film yeah um, and again that one oh, it's been cry- I just feel like I've been crying everything <laughs> that I've seen La La Land and everything um, but oh wow wow really? um, I saw the trailer again today and I'm so excited to see yeah, it yeah and what was interesting was so obviously I didn't know what it was or anything about the history and I went in and I clocked like sort of, sort of 10 minutes in I went this feels like a play really <laughs> I was like this because they don't leave the house or the, or the garden. Isn't it based on a Yeah. And then yeah it's I mean, based it's, on a play, it's, right? It's, yeah. it's based from a play, which is why I was like, okay, so they don't go anywhere other than the house or the garden oh, like in the that. film. So, and they do very, very long, long takes. When I was talking to Viola, uh, she was saying that they, they, they did it, they filmed it all in linear as well, which yeah. is what they don't normally do in films. No. So they filmed it like a play um, and it became more intense because... Wow. Um, Obviously, you don't get to go anywhere. You're just stuck inside this little house, yeah. and which made the drama more. So to set the scene, it's set in the 50s in America um, in this um, 
about mainly it's about this um, black family, mm-hmm. and she Viola plays the the fifties housewife, and uh, he plays a guy. He works in a in a dump in a sort of the dustbin man. Yeah. he's a he's a dustbin man, and he wanted to play in the baseball when he was younger, but he wasn't allowed on the team because he was black. Mm-hmm. And oh. he's got this vendetta against sort of the sports yeah. industry because of that because he never got the chance to play. Um, and but now his son so years and years later now in the 50s his son has been invited onto the football team and getting a football yeah. scholarship and he won't let his son do it because he's like uh, bitter uh, so, they, yeah. so, it, so it sort of starts <laughs> off around that and um and then uh, you know things heat up and then um basically uh infid- their marriage seems really solid yeah. between their really nice relationship yeah. they're really playful and quite sexual mm. with the, the, the husband and wife and then this huge bomb gets dropped on them um, that he's been unfaithful <gasps> and no, Denzel and he's uh, about to have a baby with someone else oh and my god that's pretty serious <laughs> wow <laughs> so it's like this kind of draw. it's this drama mm. which has got racial tension and then like now this huge like yeah and, and because it was in the 50s and there's this amazing scene which is why Viola why she won the Golden Globe and why I think she could win the mm. Oscar um, so it's going to be a tough thing between I, pu- I put it against Emma's and I was like oh Emma's performance in La La Land and I didn't know which one if I was on the committee I don't know which yeah. one I'd choose because Viola oh my gosh the she's this just came flying out and well it comes flying out of nowhere from an audience yeah. perspective but you you get the news a second before Viola does oh. so you're a little bit like oh I know Ooh, and then you're like Ooh. yeah <laughs> car crash about to happen um, but she gets the news and it's like even though it was set in the 50s or whatever it is just as relevant as if someone told you they've been cheating on you today it, like she did it for like I was I was in tears. Yeah. Anyone who's ever had their heart broken, mm. you just like boom. And she, but then also the horribleness of in the fifties, you can't just storm out and be like no. f you and off you go. Um, she's stuck because she doesn't have a job, and she he he provides. Yeah. And yeah. you know she even asks the question. So what are you going to do? Are you going to continue to see this woman? Oh my god. Because you're, you <clears throat> you're just stuck. Oh, you literally yeah. cannot go anywhere. That's uh, imagine that. Oh my god! It's, it's like the worst thing yeah. that could happen. <laughs> so I was sitting there, like being really engrossed in the film and re- it really affecting me. Mm. Which, so obviously it worked. But then also me sitting there going, "Oh my god, what would I have done? What would I have done? I probably mm. would have killed him." Yeah. Or chop something off. <laughs> 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 like, you know what? Yeah. If I can't, she can't. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it was. It, it really made me think about. It, and it was not that long ago. It's only within the last century, like mm. fifty years mm. ago. So of a generation or a generation yeah. above us. And um, I was just like, whoa. So it was kind of, um, yeah, the film touches on really sensitive, but in a really good way on like um, the, the theme. I would say the overall theme of Fences is becoming your parents or repeating the past. Yeah. Um, it's, it, he talks Denzel's character um, you don't like him he's 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 like he's so good at playing he, an yeah. arsehole he's an he arsehole really but then you also understand through um, these big monologues that he has and, yeah. and, and um, that his dad fucked up yeah. with him and he's been desperate to not do what the his same dad thing, did yeah. but then in the way that he's parenting his son he's fucking up again yeah. and it's a yeah. bit like are we all destined to still be to our repeat parents these and, patterns and yeah. yeah or like you know if you try so hard to be away from your parents mm. do you go full circle and really powerful and Viola was amazing and it was really yeah so it was good but it was quite, I thought it did things quite long yeah uh, it, very, it definitely was the length of a play but there was no interval yeah, so, <laughs> so, so you literally got numbed by the yeah, end yeah exactly and, it was, and also you know you didn't get out of you, you didn't get out of the house or the garden and you were a bit desperate to be like oh, I just need to get a bit out of the house yeah. um, which is you know it's like having a drama under a pressure cooker mm. so it's brilliant so I definitely go see it and, and everyone's talking about uh, Viola but I would say Denzel amazing that man's mm. always to, amazing I, isn't I mean, he yeah. you know no matter what he does 
stars. He's just amazing. And I don't care what Noel says. We've had this argument before. He's aging beautifully. Yeah, he I is. don't care what he looks like in that film. I see he's still got that thing about him. He is. Yeah, no, <laughs> he know? is. He's what he must be. 70, Seventy, don't know. 60 or <laughs> well, I thought it was like fifty. No, is I, think, it? I think. Damn, oh, he looks good. I, know, I think he's older, so I know the the yeah. We're all saying yeah. yeah. Denzel. We love Denzel and, and a, a name like Denzel as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, <a sexy> name, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> it's all about the name. Um, yeah, no. So so I saw Fences and that was brilliant. And next week's show, um, we're going to play my interview with Viola because I, oh, I got to have five exciting. minutes with her. And what was crazy was obviously. So I saw the movie where she's dressed up like this sort of diddy 50s housewife and she's got grey grey hair and um, I, I'm pretty sure they padded her out yeah. because then when I went to meet her she looked like 20 years younger yeah. and I always thought it was the wrong woman for a minute she, <laughs> she looked amazing and had like red lipstick yeah. and was in this like, little like leather dress and stuff I was just like oh you're not the, <laughs> the right person and then she was <laughs> saying that they did do a big physical transformation yeah. for her but I was like, wow. And I think she is in her 50s, but she looks like in her 50s. Wow. She's still amazing, yeah. <gasps> oh my gosh, she's beautiful. Oh, so that'll yeah. be happening on next week's show. Um, right, so did you see anything else or was that the end of... Uh, well, I did a little blog post a few days ago about horror remakes mm-hmm. um, and how they're all right if I go and see them and like them. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if they're on my list, then they're fine. You know, But sometimes they can be absolutely pointless. Remaking a classic from you know the 60s where they didn't have all these advances in in special effects and things brilliant breathe new life into it make it more bloody excellent but when a film was probably made about four years ago and then you remake it again what was the point oh yeah cabin fever has been remade okay that's quite a recent film yeah. you know they've remade it they've, they've released it on sky recently it came on yesterday actually and i thought okay well i'm gonna give this a, a look because of the the post i've recently written um and it was terrible <laughs> what is going on with horror lately so you basically know? if anyone's thinking of making a horror movie you've got to run it past lucy run it past me first <laughs> and she'll be your green light or yes. your red light um, yeah. I don't. I don't enjoy horror films, but I kind of think that I would like to make one. Like I'd like to yeah. make a jumpy. I would enjoy mm. playing. Mm. I'd love to yeah, be oh, one. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Nothing too um, devilly, but more sort of like just sort of spooky yeah. jumpy. Spooky jumpy. Mm. Spooky would jumpy. Be, you know, yes. basically a child's yeah. horror film. I would like to be in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, brilliant. So we're at the end of the show now. Thank you so much, ladies. Um, this is. Oh, I'm, I'm liking having girls so in the no, studio. Thank I'm you. Feeling like this so. is this is lush. So I hope you have a fantastic week. Um, we're gonna. Ex- it now on um, the opening song to Kick-Ass because I just love this but oh, Prodigy nice. so I we're going to end film. so thanks for listening back until we're going to be back next week uh, with guests and games and we're going to be having prizes this year as well we've got <gasps> so some exciting. got some signed stuff from um, Brotherhood DVD soundtrack all signed and whatnot, and um, maybe uh, even my knickers we don't know who knows <laughs> who knows we'll see you guys next week thank you <laughs> If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes.